Welcome to Simply Cyber. Everybody, today is Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Welcome to episode number 242 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, how you can operationalize it today, or... If you're looking to break into the industry, you've got job interviews coming up. You're looking to just understand more about cybersecurity as an industry. I guarantee you, you will be asked in an interview. And what we talk about on this show will give you context and kind of, you know, level set everything and really set things into perspective. All right. So stick with it. You're going to love it. Before we get into it, though, I want to give a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. First off, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Eric Taylor and the gang over there. Listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses, basically stop them dead in their tracks, right? And it can send dedicated, hardworking business owners into absolute turmoil, not sleeping so well. But listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents and help those businesses out. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. You can see their websites right here. If you're watching on video, you scroll down just half a click and Eric Taylor's personal calendar is right here. You can schedule time to talk with them. Guys, if, if you want to have protection from ransomware, like not protection, but like response and, you know, risk mitigation of, if, you know, a ransomware incident really detonating your business, consider calling uh, barricadecyber.com. Now, I also want to give a shout out and love to the stream's other sponsor, uh, Eric Capuano and the whole gang over at Recon InfoSec. I've known those guys for a long time. Great group of people. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up, check out the Managed Detection and Response MDR offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, the process, the technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. It's the entire 
full Monty when you sign up with Recon InfoSec's MDR. You basically get an entire staff of people working on your InfoSec team, except they're kind of like shared services. And they do great work. So MDR is always a good option. Uh, and it's quite a popular option right now just because of the way that uh, money is spent to pay for professional services versus in-house labor. Um, it gets nerdy, but trust me, CFOs like it. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications, such as CISA, CISP, CISM, and uh, each uh, that requires CPEs, each episode of this daily cyber threat briefing is half a CPE, so two and a half weeks, 10 a month, be sure to document literally the easiest, and I would argue, the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs, simply by saying hashtag team live if you are live with us, or hashtag team replay if you're watching on replay. If you're live, I love it. We're about to rip apart Worldwide Wednesday in a hot minute here. If you're on replay, thanks for catching the stream. And remember, if you do want it on replay, you can catch it both on YouTube and LinkedIn and stuff, the video. But right here, this is the Spotify Simply Cyber Podcast. You can get the podcast in audio format. Listen to it at the gym, in the car, while you're mowing the lawn, doing the grocery shopping, whatever. You can get it in any format you want. We are an equal opportunity stream here on the channel. We want to make sure that you get the information. With that being said, guys, we've got... Looks like two minutes, nine seconds to run the world. If you're new here on Wednesdays, we have an international community of wonderful people, and we try to see if we can touch every continent in uh, the world on Wednesday morning. So what's up? Where are you at? Come at me, bro. Tell me, where are you coming from? We got New Orleans, North America's online. Phoenix, Arizona. Love it, love it, love it. What's up, Lacey Cochran, Nathan Boland, squad members, Jim Wales, Matthew Necci. I love it. Thanks, guys, so much. Hamza, we got Europe in here. Kenneth Ruff bringing the love. Jersey Shore. <laughs> Jersey Shore. PA's up in here. Real. Oh, my God, you guys. Gulf Coast, Texas. Virginia. Citadel. New Brunswick, Canada. North America's online. Let me do North America. Europe's here. Michigan. Stay stay cool, Michigan. Netherlands. Now the Europe. What's up in here? Dominican. Leonardo bringing Central America, or a, a.k.a. the Caribbean. Jersey Shore and Texas. Both their own con uh, their own countries, no doubt. Denver, Colorado coming in good. Hey, what's up, Cambridge? Those are my old stomping grounds. Love to see that. What's up, MIT? Hey, Houston. Yeah, Brisbane. Greenville, South Carolina. Represent the upstate. UAE. Oh, yeah. So UAE, I'll say Middle East. Maybe we'll take credit for uh, <laughs> Asia if we need it. Nigeria's in the house. Thank you, Joseph Emanuel Adahor. We've got Africa online. Guys, we need Australia, technically Asia, and South America. Philippines in the house. I'm going to take credit for the Philippines as Asia. Ghana's here. Africa bringing in the love. MIA Metro. I guess Miami Metro. DC's in the house bringing the, the uh, city, uh, U.S. capital. Uh, India's Asia. We've got Asia. Guys, we need South America pretty bad. What's up, Boston? North Carolina. North Northern California. We got 30 seconds, guys. Can we get some love for South America? Where are we at, South America? South America, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Love it. Australia. 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 10 seconds. 10 seconds, Australia. 10 seconds, Australia. Oh. Four. Three. Two, one, oh! All right, all right, guys. We got North America, South America, Europe, Middle East, Central America, lots of Africa, lots of Asia, Australia. We're gonna, ah, uh, internal stranger, yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna, we're gonna take credit for that. We ran the continent. Thank you so much, internal stranger. I must have missed your your message when you're in there, Cameroon. 
Yeah, guys. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Not only did we bring the heat uh, worldwide, but um, we actually got some serious, some serious representation here in Africa. Uh, we saw Cameroon, Nigeria, um, a couple other ones. Way to go. Uh, Brisbane was in the in the house, so we've got more Australia. Guys, congratulations. I'm working on an emote or a sound effect for when we do successfully run Worldwide Wednesdays, but uh, cheers to everybody. All right, I'm super, super pumped that we just did that. Congratulations, everybody. We are an international group of people helping each other and doing good things, and I'm super proud of it. All right, now that, that's, now that we've set the tone for Wednesday, let's sit back, relax, and do thanks Kimberly let's sit back relax and do some uh, some news guys what do you say let's get into it from the CISO series it's cybersecurity headlines it's Wednesday November the 16th 2022 wow. uh <laughs> Amazon to cut 10,000 employees and hold on what uh I think that's an Aussie uh, uh female accent so uh i guess maybe maybe uh CISO series wanted us to go around the world too today all right way to, way to be on brand and corporate roles amazon is planning to lay off 10,000 employees in technology and corporate roles beginning this week the layoffs would be the largest in the company's history and will impact amazon's devices organization retail division and human resources the news follows Meta, who laid off 11,000 employees last week, and Twitter, which laid off almost 50% of its workforce. Privacy. Okay, so two things. One, um, Amazon, I just Googled it, has 330,000 employees. I don't know if that counts as the delivery drivers. There's been some sus stuff around the delivery drivers, whether or not they're actually employees of Amazon or they have to like rent the Amazon delivery trucks and they're kind of freelancers like, like Uber. But that aside, 10,000 sounds like a lot. 10,000 is a lot. That's 10,000, you know, families that are going into the holidays, you know, unemployed. Um, hopefully there's a good severance package. I, <clears throat> I will say um, there is a trend right now, guys. And I, I've said it on the stream before. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better. The next six months, uh, you know, through, you know, April 2023 is going to be pretty hideous. Um, we're feeling it everywhere. So, you know, uh, you know, this isn't financial advice, but be, be, be mindful, be careful. Um, you know, sock away a little bit of extra, uh, money if you can, uh, just to have a rainy day emergency fund. I know emergency funds is like, everybody talks about that, but like it, there's clouds on the horizon and they're dark. Um, so anyways, this is another indicator. Meta laid off a bunch of people. Um, Amazon's laying off a bunch of people. Guys, I actually, th this is interesting. So layoffs.fyi, layoffs.fyi, this, this URL right here, I actually found it. And it literally tracks uh, tech companies, which is, you know, a subset of, of everything. But tech companies, here, I'll put this in chat. Um, this is just one of those things that I have bookmarked that's dynamic that I look at periodically, but you can see here, um, you know, uh, like uh, some of these I've never heard of, like a sauna, uh, but you can see like it, it's laying off 9% um, of their workforce. Protocol laid off all their workforce, so went out of business. Nirvana, out of business. 
Vive, go to group. So some of these you don't recognize, but Coinbase laid off 60 people. That's not a good sign, right? Meta, 11,000 people. I guarantee you, Amazon's going to show up here as soon as they actually issue those pink slips. So something interesting to track. Just be mindful, guys. Uh, it's, it's rough times right now. The experts cautious about FIFA World Cup apps. The FIFA World Cup in Qatar starts in just a few days and has been mired in controversy since the country won the hosting honour. Now privacy experts say that the official apps are cause for concern. Esteras is a COVID-19 tracking app and Haya follows fans' entrance to and from the stadium. The latter requires full network access and a restricted access to personal data. Ovian Vassan, the head of security at the Norwegian Broadcasting Corporation, said, It's not my job to give travel advice, but personally, I would never bring my mobile phone on a visit to Qatar. Got, okay, so let's address the first story. Um, privacy experts warn about the app. Um, this is this should not this isn't like oh my god like how is this possible like guys we just had the olympics do you not remember do you not remember the olympics um and all of the apps i think it was china right and all of the apps and privacy experts and security and what's this app doing why does it need access to everything <clears throat> where's the data going guys these huge events are worldwide and like right now dude data is the new gold if they can suck up all your data, they're going to. It's valuable. They have an opportunity to have access. They know, like, guys, I could write an app called, like, whatever, just, like, <gasps> Simply Cyber Carl app, right? And maybe a couple hundred people download it, right? And it could have all sorts of tentacles into all sorts of your privacy. I need access to your contacts, your camera, your microphone, you know, your, your firstborn child, your inner thoughts, like, your bank accounts, right? And, and like, you'd be like, dude take a hike with that like this app is kind of sus to begin with and i'm not gonna give you access to all this crap now something like this you're gonna have hundreds of thousands of people right let's let's just let's just be conservative and say ten thousand people who are gonna install the app like and, and then of those people there a lot of them are gonna be like yes 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 i want access to the like give me the fifa world cup right so You've got an opportunity. You've got a vulnerable population that's like all in on wanting to do whatever it is <laughs> that you want them to do. So I'm not surprised that this is this is happening. This is going to continue to happen. Uh, macro picture, guys. I you might not know this because I'm not a huge soccer head or anything like that. But like the FIFA World Cup, it, I love that tournament. I make it uh, a priority. Like I'll get up at two in the morning to watch. A World Cup game. I love it. Love it. Love it. Besides NHL playoffs um, and we're in like in the world um, hockey championships and stuff, FIFA World Cup is an amazing, amazing um, um, tournament. Having said that, Qatar, this thing, I don't know if you guys have been following this and I'm sorry for digressing a bit off of cyber, but like Qatar, the rules that like the, the local laws um, for how people who are attending World Cup games um, is very, very odd, right? And, and, and there's going to be a lot of stories coming out of it. Like, you can't drink, but Budweiser paid a lot of money, so now you can drink. But if you drink, you have to go to, like, a tent outside the stadium and stand there until a Qatari uh, enforced law enforcement agent determines that you're sober enough to be in public, um, for example. And then there's all sorts of stuff uh, with, you know, uh, how women have to behave. And, and, and even the way they built the stadiums, um, like the labor that went into that, very, very messed up. Um, 
and they're doing it in the in the in the winter at night because literally, literally it's like the hottest place on the planet. So whew, okay. Anyways, this is gonna be interesting. Long story short, don't install the app. Also want to remind people that there will be a string of phishing emails tied to FIFA World Cup coming out. You can bet on it. I guarantee you there will be phishing emails around this. Um, it's just the classic fish, but it'll it'll be like in a FIFA World Cup wrapper, okay? 98% of organizations have been severely impacted by cyber supply chain breach. A recent report cited 98% of respondents experienced negative impacts of the cyber breach in their supply chain, according to a new report. The annual report also found that 40% of respondents rely on third-party vendors or suppliers to ensure security. The industry as a whole reported a lack of understanding and communication across the enterprise regarding the role of cybersecurity. Yeah, okay. Rush so this is no surprise, guys. Okay, like here's here's a real here's real talk, okay? Here's real talk. This is not surprising, okay? Like the reality that 98% have been uh, impacted. Um, the other 2% probably don't realize that they have been impacted for so long, for years, for years and years and years and years, right? Everybody with gray in their hair, right? Like, you know, preach. For years and years and years, we have been so focused on protecting just what we control, just our house, right? And for the longest time before cloud apps, it was like, build a really big wall around the perimeter. And then, you know, it's like a jelly donut. Like you've got a big, you know, or maybe an M&M, &M. you've got like a hard candy shell and then a soft gooey center, right? And that was okay because it was like managed risk and everything. And, you know, if, if you only have one entrance into the building, you can post up nine guards and German shepherds and laser beams and sharks with laser beams. And you could, you could protect the access going in and out of the building. Okay, now 2022, cloud everywhere, access everywhere, BYOD everywhere, work from home everywhere, right? So now the concept of the perimeter is deprecated. It doesn't even matter anymore. But a lot of people who came up, a lot of people who are older, a lot of people who have grown into the positions of management and leadership and crap like that are like still have this mindset. And yes, there are people who realize that that's not the way to do it. But because it's a whole new paradigm, people aren't really sure how to properly defend it. So you get people who are like either A, trying to defend it, not really sure if they're doing it right, B, ignoring it because, you know, 1993 mindset says, you know, they take care of their stuff, we take care of our stuff, and everybody takes care of everything. And that's just not the case, especially with these cloud-based systems that require, with, with AWS and Azure, specifically AWS, you, a small business, a three-person shop can spin up a solution that's hacked together and does something just to get quick to market. They can scale up. They don't need investment dollars to build a data center and get, get their crap up and running. They can just spin it up right and pay monthly subscription model for the assets and if the if the software fails they're they're only out a couple thousand bucks right now me as a business i'm like yeah let me get some of that and then you're like oh we've got slick marketing like you know whatever like dark mode right but but we never put anything into security because we're trying to get quick to market and be able to you know organize your calendar or you know like make make hr flow better whatever it is so Okay, so the TLDR here is that people 
like this isn't surprising because people haven't shifted their mindset to realize that third-party risk management and supply chain really needs to be in place. Right now, third-party risk management is seen as a compliance activity and it is mocked by people in our industry. Neil Bridges like regularly pokes fun at me because I talk about third-party risk management. And yes, it it is a bit of a joke right now, but it is the way that we need to go. And, and by the way, what does this look like operationalized? If I'm going to do business with like this, this slick dark mode HR workflow thing that has three people behind it, but they make it look like they're huge. I'll give them a questionnaire. Like, how do you do your security? What's your incident response? Have you ever had a breach? Do you have cyber insurance? Do you have security staff? Who's your CISO? Who's accountable? Right? All these things. And depending on what they say, unless there is a nuclear red hot blinking problem we're probably going to go with them. So so the problem is the risk management's not actually being done. You're doing the due diligence of collecting information, but that's where it stops, okay? So that's a bigger picture issue. This, again, this statistic does not surprise me because as an industry, where we are right now, we're turning the, the cruise ship around, but it's wicked slow, okay? It's it's hard to turn a cruise ship around. And, and we've got to get better, okay? Supply chain, I'm not surprised. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk flip out. Software disguised as American fools U.S. Army. Thousands of smartphone applications in Apple's and Google's online stores contain computer code developed by a technology company, Pushwoosh, that presents itself as based in the United States but is actually Russian. In response to the findings, the CDC removed Pushwoosh software from seven public-facing apps. What? And now a word from us. What? <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Hold on. Um... This woman's a trip, man. Uh, uh, the way she in puts inflection on certain things is really funny. She's really about to flip out about the sponsor. Um, I, I didn't get much of this story. Okay, so all I got was Russian-backed software uh, is in U.S. Army CDC apps or U.S. Army and CDC apps. So I didn't I didn't fully understand it. What I, what I did get was that there's a Russian company or Russian-backed something. I don't know if it's nation-state-backed or whatever that wrote apps, and then they made it look like they're an American company, and then the apps are either being installed by U.S. Army and CDC people, or they're purporting to be from the U.S. Army and CDC, or complement U.S. Army and CDC, and they're getting installed. This, the app, there's no information here if the app is actually malicious, if it's a Trojan, if it's doing keylogging, spying. I, I don't know. Um, I, will, I will share one thing, okay? This is, this is true. And it's why if I was the CISO of the U.S. Army, um, after I was done violently puking after finding this out, I would then uh, issue an edict to the United States Army, at, which is the following. You are not allowed to install any apps without prior authorization on any device that you are carrying while you are in uniform or especially if you're in like a theater of operation. Now, let me tell you why wired. I can't find this article anymore. I've looked a couple times, but I, I, I know it's a real article. I've read it. I've cited it. I've shared it in my class money, many times a few years ago, Russia was okay. So Russia was fighting Ukraine and they were, this was when the annexation of Crimea was happening. And there was a, a defensive position by Ukraine and basically, like, they had, like, heavy artillery and launching mortars and stuff like that. And Russia, a Russian-backed company, Russia whatever, 
wrote an app written in uh, Ukrainian language, whatever that is. I'm sorry for being ignorant. Uh, and it was designed for helping people calculate how to like configure the heavy artillery to hit a point. So what you would do is you'd open the app, right? Open the app. And then you'd like on a map, you'd like touch where you want the mortar round to go. And based on where your GPS location is, it would tell you, okay, like, you know, 18 degrees pitch and put in this much gunpowder or whatever. I don't know how heavy artillery works, but basically the point is you would touch on a map and it would tell you exactly how to configure the heavy artillery to, you know, hit that exact um, location based on like weather conditions, elevation, all this other crap. Awesome, right? Here's the problem. The thing knew exactly where the phone was, right? Because it needs your GPS location to be able to tell you how to hit a certain target. Well, that GPS location was beaconing right back to the Russian military, who then, you know, it's dark, man, but like, if they know exactly where you're standing, because you're standing at the heavy artillery configuring it, um, all they have to do is launch a missile into that GPS location, and they've effectively eliminated that heavy artillery. And that's what they did <laughs> with devastating uh, effectiveness. So you've, okay, so that's the reason why you've got to be careful with these apps, right? We talk about data is the new gold and marketing and advertising, but there's another darker way of weaponizing GPS locations. Whoever, wherever that phone is, it means there's a human holding the phone. And if they're your adversary and you want to eliminate them, you know exactly where they're standing, it, unequivocally, it's not good intel. I mean, it's literally live data feed of where you're standing. All right, let's do this mid-roll here. Sponsor App Omni. Can you name all the third-party apps connected to your major SaaS platforms like Salesforce and Microsoft? What about the data these apps can access? After all, one compromised third-party app could put your entire SaaS ecosystem at risk. With App Omni, you get visibility to all third-party apps, including which end users have enabled them and the level of data access they've been granted. Visit appnomni.com to request a free risk assessment. K-12 schools. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's right, BSEC. I forgot when... <laughs> I forgot when Russia first invaded Ukraine, the Russian soldiers were up on Tinder trying to like hook up with uh, local citizens. Uh, I forgot about that. All right, guys. Oh, it's the mid roll. So you know what we're doing. Guys, I do appreciate y'all being here. I just wanted to take a hot minute to thank our sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions, Recon InfoSec. Love what they do. If you guys are getting any value out of this, just take a minute, not even a minute. It literally take three seconds, drop down, hit the like button. It really does go a long way. It's, it's one way to say thanks. And you know, and I, you know, I appreciate it. And also because of the way the YouTube algorithm works, the more likes on a live stream there are, the more YouTube is like, oh, people like this. And because I've got it all configured with SEO for cyber and news and stuff like that, it'll go to people who are just like us who, who would benefit from the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. So please take a moment, hit the like button. I appreciate it. I want to let everybody know that it is Wednesday. You might notice I'm wearing a new shirt. It says Purple Team. It's pretty awesome. This is compliments of Red Siege. You might recognize the logo here. Red Siege Information Security, cool company, great people. Met them uh, out in uh, Deadwood, loved what they did. Um, every Wednesday, 
at, I believe, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. They host a basically no, no-nonsense no raw Zoom call that anyone can join. Doesn't cost anything. There's no, you know, uh, follow-up emails about, like, oh, Red Siege would love to help your business. It's just real talk by real information security professionals. 30 minutes. It's a really, really good experience. It's very much like Recon InfoSec's Thursday Defensive. Here's a link in chat for everybody. If you have time, it's definitely worth your time. And you can see they always have um, excellent guests. This is this says next guest 1114, so I'm not sure what that's about. Um, that, that's a typo. It must be 1116. But anyways, check it out. I enjoy it. I want to remind everybody also... Um, I want to remind everybody also that if you have if you haven't heard about it or you know whatever, every single Saturday morning I get up, have a cup of coffee, and I draft a email. This email you can receive if you go to simplycyber.io/newsletter. The email has three actionable bullet points in it. It's a very quick read, and the idea is that you get a little bit of intel and you get something that you can almost always copy and paste directly into an email or directly into a slide deck. Or, you know, or whatever. And you can reduce cyber risk for your organization simply by leveraging what I put in this email. It's like, it's 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 free consulting, <laughs> frankly. And you can reduce cyber risk for your organization before your coffee is cool enough to drink Monday morning, which makes you look like an all-star to your boss, to your peers, to your business, because you're kicking right out the gate every Monday morning. It'll be in your inbox, 6 a.m. Eastern time, Holler at me if you want um, to get on this newsletter. All right, guys? It's a good time. All right. I really want to get the la, 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 la. I do want to say what's up to everybody in chat. I saw some people uh, I saw some people in here saying what's up, Jerry. So I, I genuinely appreciate that. I'm kind of milking this so I can get to the la, 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 la. All right. We'll come back. But, guys, if you do get a chance, go to the Red Siege. Uh, it's a good time. All right. Let's move back into the story here. Schools lack funding to combat ransomware threat. Many K-12 schools are targets for malicious cyber attacks, according to a report from Multistate Information Sharing and Analysis Center. The report found that 20% of schools spend less than 1% of their IT budgets on security. Schools are a lucrative target for stealing data and can surpass $1 million to remediate. Recently, the Los Angeles Unified School District was targeted by a ransomware attack in September, which was linked to the Vice Society. Anti-fraud. Okay, so guys, K through 12 schools lack resources to combat ransomware. Listen, K through 12 schools lack resources to com combat any cybersecurity threat. K through 12 schools lack resources funding uh, to pay for teachers. <laughs> I mean, K through 12 schools in the United States. Uh, are having a, a real tough, tough go here. So when they say ransomware, yeah, I mean, that's very front and center because Vice Society, Vice Society hit, is hitting schools, uh, most notably Los Angeles school system recently. But guys, this is pretty factual. Average school spends 8% on its IT budget. Remember everybody, oh, oh, I'm sorry, 8% of its IT budget on cybersecurity. But... 20% of schools spend than 1% of their IT budget on security. Okay, guys, the key here is how much is the IT budget? Probably not very high. Uh, it's, a really, it's really unfortunate. If you guys work in K-12 through 12 
uh, you know, holler and chat. I would love to hear what y'all think, but guys, um, you know, it's, it's typically not great. <laughs> you know, I've seen schools that have, uh, outsourced, you know, MSSPs. I mean, they're basically local government, right? It's a local government thing. And government is notoriously, um, not really spending good on, 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 on resources and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised. <sighs> I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, they are getting better. There is resources to them, but I mean, this is basically just a point in time, right? This, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing to do here. Plus guys, local schools, it's local government. So it's very difficult to have a centralized solution. There isn't like a federal K through 12 school program that can have leadership and executives and ha and take advantage of economies of scale. Like all students are going to use this you know, this, uh, technology stack, and we're going to get a discount, um, of it. And we're going to have these security standards, right? It's, it's like, I don't want to call it the wild west, but there's no, there's no continuity, consistency standards involved. And then to make it even crazier, you know, K through 12 schools are local government, but then you have like Montessori schools, charter schools, private schools, like, you know, which probably have better infosec, honestly. But but anyways, this is a problem. Be mindful of it. Um, yeah, they do get federal funding, BSEC, but I'm sure that they're trying to spend that on, um, you know, curriculum resources, things that actually deliver on the mission of educating students, not cybersecurity. The, these guys are basically like, I almost like to think of as a K-12 K through 12 school system from a cybersecurity perspective is like a child in the wild west when there's like a shootout at the OK Corral and there's like two guys, um, you know, 50 feet apart and they're like on the count of three, they're going to draw. And like the K through 12 school is just like a child, like running around in the streets. Like hopefully, hopefully you don't get, you know, stuck in the crosshair, but like, you, you just like, if, if you've ever been around like a two-year-old, they are completely oblivious to the risks of the world around them, but they are loving the fact that they're mobile. That's that's what I'm thinking. Police arrest 59 suspected scammers. An oh. anti-fraud operation across 19 European countries resulted in the arrest of 59 suspected scammers. The month-long operation in October is part of the e-commerce action initiative led by Europol's European Cybercrime Centre and the Merchant Risk Council. Police tracked down locations where fraudulently purchased goods were delivered and were assisted by banks, merchants and logistic companies. Stronger customer authentication became mandatory across Europe under the Payment Service Directive, but fraudsters are still finding ways to mess with merchant verification systems. Good. RCE. First of all, yeah, there he goes. Wiggum's in the house. Love that we're getting use out of Chief. All right, guys. So, hey, you know what? We should all celebrate. Hey, squad support for the police arresting 59 suspected scammers. I love that they're innocent and too proven guilty. Guys, uh, this is awesome. Way to go, Europol. Um, you know, the scammer baits and, and those YouTube channels and stuff, they do great work. Really, this is a bit of a blight on our society, these these scammers. Now, in the story, they actually talk more about it's. it seems like they're scamming less of... Um, end users, right? Like, so grandma, grandpa, or whatever, and more uh, taking on vendors, right? So they'll order something online, purchase, you know, some purchase goods, and then they'll, um, they'll either not pay, uh, it'll be a scam. So the uh, individuals will get the goods. And so now that the vendor is like out of the product, 
and they get chargebacks. So so they they basically lose they lose a lot. Um, and you know, that's no way to stay in business guys, right? If you're just giving your product away and making no revenue, you can't run a business, right? Like I know, you know, it's free love and everything, but like at the end of the day, a business is a business, uh, and you need to generate revenue to pay, pay salaries and, you know, buy new product, improve the overall business, invest back all these things. So scammers, a blight, um, and I'm I'm loving I'm loving dude 59 scammers that's awesome that's like a huge hit and hopefully it sends a ripple um, a shockwave through the community because I have to assume that these guys share knowledge with each other I mean they have um, I'm I wouldn't be surprised okay if there's like black market like scammer as a service services where it's like oh for twenty dollars. A month, you can get access to my templates on how to commit these scams, and I update them regularly. And here is the script that you read to the merchant on the phone, or here's the script you read to um, grandma and grandpa on the phone in order to get them to do these things. Or here's a technology like click, quick click, uh, in order to bypass merchant verification and stuff like that. So, um, hopefully, it sends a ripple through. Hopefully, these people are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law in order to um deter others from committing these crimes guys that's what guys you got to think about it like jail time fines loss of freedoms the entire reason that we do that in our modern society is a to punish the people for committing the crime but also b to scare the crap out of other people from making the decision on whether or not to commit the crime, right? People have this inner voice in their head, right? Or most people do, not not everybody, but a lot of people have this inner voice in their head. And it's like, oh, I could steal that or it'd be easy to do that. Or um, like, I could just be a criminal, whatever, right? And, or at least, you know, I've heard those voices. And, but, but because of the way society constructs around it and the the punishments associated with certain actions in our society, you know, the, the voice of reason also says like, hey, you know what? You know what doesn't feel good? Going to jail for 25 years. You know what doesn't feel good? Not seeing my family and loved ones. You know what sucks? Like, hey, what's up, Kelly Henderson with the sub? Thank you. So anyways, uh, so I hope that this story goes mainstream. I hope people in the scamming community hear about it. And I hope it helps reduce someone from being like, well, I'm glad I didn't get caught this time, but I don't want to get caught next time. Yeah, clip the audio. I hear voices. All reported in Spotify's Backstage software catalogue. Backstage from Spotify has been discovered as vulnerable to a security flaw that could gain remote code execution by leveraging a disclosed bug in a third-party module. Backstage is an open-source developer portal that allows users to explore, create, and manage software components from a unified front door and is used by big companies like Netflix, Expedia, and Roku. Okay. Remember, if you... All right, so hold on. Uh, so CVSS score 98 is quite huge. Remote code execution is huge. Unauthenticated remote code execution is pretty much the worst. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know why this isn't a 10. My only um, thought is this is not a 10 exclusively because it's not being actively exploited in the wild that they're aware of. That is the only reason. Um. Now, this is a kind of, I don't want to call it fringe because like Netflix uses it and stuff, but like Johnny, Johnny, you know, finance and, and, and Sally accounting aren't using backstage, right? So it's not a rampant 
you know, it's not Microsoft Word or something like that, uh, but it is used by larger firms. If you're listening to this, if your company uses Backstage, you definitely want to get this um, remediated ASAP, okay? Like, like now, um, especially if you have, we talked earlier about like the, the dissolving of the perimeter. If you have people who are working not on your corporate network, right? So they're not required to VPN in, they're using Starbucks or their home network or stuff like that. And they're using Backstage as part of their solution to do their job. That is the target population you wanna hit with. I My suspicion is that this is a um, end user application, right? So you install it on your computer and it interfaces with the uh, system uh, on the back end. So, Definitely want to um, get in on this. Um, also, I want to put point out that it's open source. We talked about supply chain earlier and lost our mind, or one of us, one of us in here lost our mind earlier about open source software. That would be this guy. Um, you know, whatever. Here's some, here's some, here's some code screenshots just to like spice up the blog post. Anyways, backstage, if it's used in your environment, which I think is. Uh, not really uh, widespread uh, for at least people in this community. But if, if you are, go ahead and update it. Um, and just know that CVSS score of 9.8 is, 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 is high as it's going to get unless it's being actively exploited. And then it will go to a 10. I guarantee you, if this is reported of active exploitation, this will turn into a 10. Want to get cybersecurity headlines right in your inbox? We offer a daily... Not today. Okay, guys. <laughs> yes. For those of you who are uh, squad members and longtime uh, members of the Simply Cyber community, this needs this needs a, a logo. Get get Gossy the dog on line two. All right, hold on. I think I like. Yeah, let's do this one. All right, guys, we're at eight forty-one. That was a solid stream. If you were here just for the news, thank you very much. Before you go, I want to remind you that at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time today, so in about three hours, I will be streaming live uh, paired with the ThreatGen channel as well as Simply Cyber. And I will be showing you exactly how lockpick ransomware threat actors operate, okay? Within the, the constructs of the ThreatGen Red versus Blue cybersecurity gamification platform. So if you want to come see and learn what the... Um, TTPs or uh, tools, techniques, tactics, one of those T's is wrong, but um, in, product, in processes of LockBit, that LockBit ransomware is the largest deployed ransomware in the world as of uh, in 2022. Almost half of all ransomware operations are LockBit. So we're going to come, we're going to look at TTPs. I'm going to try to execute uh, under those TTPs exclusively. I'm going to attack the crap out of an uh, oil and pipeline company. Shout out to NCC Group uh, for them publishing those TTPs. That's what I'm going to be leaning on. But that'll be good. Also want to let people know that every other Monday, so next Monday, the 21st, I play Threat Gen, um, excuse me, I play Haiku, uh, World of Haiku and Haiku Pro. Haiku Pro is like a cyber range. They have offensive one, offensive ranges like many other platforms, but they have defensive ones and forensics. And next Monday, I'm going to be playing Kittens Mittens, which is the forensics range. So if you're looking to do differ stuff, if you want to just come check out Haiku Pro and see how a range can be implemented as a forensics lab, it's going to be a good time. Um, I'm all over the place. I love offensive, defensive, forensics, 
malware um, analysis, reverse engineering. If it's cyber, it's for me. So come check it out um, next Monday. But today, it's um, Threat Gen Red versus Blue and then Red Siege uh, Wednesday Offensive. So if you were here just for the news and a little bit of uh, jawjacking, uh, it's over. So you can boogie out of here. Thank you so much. But uh, as I like to do, um, we've got two minutes before 8.45, so I will do the jawjacking up in here. What's up, Dan Reardon? Guys, tomorrow is What's Your Meme Thursday, so stay tuned for Dan Reardon, a.k.a. The Haircut Fish, delivering another awesome weekly meme as they do. Looking at chat. I can't scroll chat or it'll screw everything up. Thanks, Tom Bishop. Thanks, Paul and Terranova. Guys, I really got a lot of great feedback on the role to cyber um, activities. So first responders, uh, work from home parents, management, marketing, and multiple versions of healthcare, including massage therapist, um, uh, pharmacist, a couple other things. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm slowly putting this together. That's going to be a series of videos that I release and we'll have a good time with it. Guys, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and we'll see you at 11.30 a.m. for the Threat Gen Red versus Blue stream. Take care, everybody.